morning, Miss Evelyn. Good morning, Joby. Take two. Take two. It's that kind of day. Take two. We uh, actually began one earlier, but uh, Honey Bunny decided she was going to speak for us. And, yes. Uh, did her mm-hmm. barking until we got the message that she wanted to go out and potty. Yep, and she did. She never let you down. Yeah, so we're Tell wrapping up Whittington Woods. I like it here. Uh-huh, it's very nice. Very nice and quiet. Except that guy that jumped out of the dark last night. <laughs> and I thought, what does he want? He looked kind of like bummish. Well, we were coming in. We'd been to uh, dinner with... Uh, uh, who'd we go with? Chelsea. Chelsea and Randy. Randy and yeah. Kai-Kai. Kiki. And we went to... Uh, what was it called? Shootout? It was called... The shootout. The showdown. It? Oh, showdown. Same thing. Showdown. Yeah. Showdown. Showdown. I knew I could visualize Matt Dillon yes. pulling his gun. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, and we actually had a, a great meal. I had a fillet. Oh, I had a ribeye. Uh-huh. And it was really good. And what they had to hear, which I just love because you're in Southern Illinois. So, I mean, you probably got it all the states south of here, too. But um, on the appetizer list uh, is uh, catfish bites. Mm-hmm. And you don't see that where we live on an appetizing thing. And so they were delish. Everything around Wren Lake, uh, all the restaurants have uh, fish, catfish, crappie, mm-hmm. other kinds of fish. And, uh, yeah. and the reason is, is there's a lot of fish here. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm thinking that they I, I know they get a lot of it frozen, but I no, think I don't think so. I, well, that's what I said. I said maybe they do, but I have the feeling that since everybody has it, and um, you see fishermen out here on Rin Lake, I mean, by the droves all the time. So anyway, we were driving. Caught. Yeah, we were driving into. We did a lot of driving last night because you know Jeez. the price of gas is so <laughs> yeah. cheap. That yeah. We can do some driving. We we, uh, we even drove to fill up with the cheapest gas probably in the state of Illinois and then got there and there was a line and we said, no, we'll do it later, which now that I'm thinking about it, it was kind of crazy. Yeah, so we got an empty tank and uh, <laughs> a lot of memories. But, yeah. uh, but we went to Mount Vernon, Illinois, and we dined at the shootout. Uh, it's kind of like uh, the old steakhouses used to be. You remember the steakhouses we used to go yep. into and, yep. and order our steak and uh, baked potato and that sort of thing. Only here, instead of going through line and buffet style, this is a regular... Uh, you remember the uh, waitress's name? Emily? No, she, no, was, that's, uh... she was named after a drink. Margarita? <laughs> Brandy. Brandy. Brandy uh, brought us the food, and it was great food. And yeah. so after we got... And Brandy and Chelsea purchased our dinner last night, which yes. was a chunk. Yes. And uh, so when we, we got through, we got talking. Randy was talking about the custard stand in Sasser, Illinois. Mm-hmm. And I would say there's not been a day go by 
that somebody hasn't mentioned the custard stand yeah. in Cesar, Illinois. Now, you got to mm-hmm. understand, Cesar's probably got 2,000 residents. You think that many? And they're 8 to 12 miles away from any other town. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, <coughs> yeah, I, I don't know. They may not have that many. But anyway, everybody talks about the custard stand. It's oh, nothing yeah. but just a custard stand. Oh, people sit and wait uh, for the details of the opening date every summer. And Randy was saying that they had this uh, uh, punk, no. Banana, banana ban- cream, cookie banana cream. Yeah. Uh, and he banana it cookie concrete. cream. Uh, um, yeah. Why do they call it concrete? Because um, it's really thick. I, yeah, I guess because it looks like concrete. Yeah. But uh, banana pudding, was it banana pudding? It was banana pudding with the, the vanilla wafers chopped yeah. up in it. Yeah. And, yeah, it looked great. So we were in Mount Vernon. He was talking about that. And uh, they were getting ready to go home. And we were going to go home in our vehicle. Hey, that's enough. Shh. And um, so... Uh, I said, if we go to Cesar, which would be uh, about a 12-mile drive for them one direction, in the wrong direction. Yes. And uh, we had... Uh, Hush! No. What's wrong with you? No. No. I can't understand what you want now. You're going to have to learn to talk. We're going to get to shock collar and <laughs> we're going to insert it in his rectum, in her rectum. <laughs> And uh, we're going to get this stopped. So anyway, we drove to the custard stand in Cesar, Illinois. And what did we find? Long line. Long line. I don't think it was quite... I think Kelly mentioned one time that they went over there and the line went around the building about three times. But you know what? They really took care of people really fast. We've got to... uh, uh, Go back to the custard stand, or at least go every time we come into town. Yeah, and uh, so uh, anyway, it's really we a were torture coming back for me. Home, and we were driving into our campground at about I'd say three to five miles an hour, and this guy came running out of the garage. It was dark. Running out of the garage. Yeah, the garage. Yeah, Maybe he, he owns a place. He was in, in. He was, or or he was near the trash can. Anyway, it was some lady came, in a wheelchair behind him. Really? Uh huh. So anyway, he came running out, waving his arms, and I thought he had a message for us. Well, he did have. We rolled down the window, and he said, "Slow down! There's kids playing." Yeah, well, and there it was nine thirty at night, and there weren't any kids anywhere unless they were his or something. But I don't, I didn't quite understand it. It was, I mean, first of all, there are no lights out here. I mean, there's no night lights, so no. it's black when yeah. it, everybody turns off the light. It's dark, so <clears throat> I don't think we were speeding. I mean, it's kind of hard to speed in this campground because you're. Well, we we stopped. We stopped. That's how. Yeah. That's how how we followed his instructions. Because, you know, in this day and time, you don't know what they got in their hip pocket. (laughs) Uh, Not after the last couple of weeks. Oh man! So anyway. Okay, so uh, we've got uh, uh, 
a dog that is uh, beginning to be uh, we're going to put it on the market the I'm going to get it on sell and tell today <laughs> and uh, on WFRX sell and tell uh, we're you better gonna... do it just before we leave because they'll call and want to bring it back <laughs> <laughs> okay so we're getting ready to go uh, got a few uh, administrative things that I've got to do before I leave town I want to check on Kirby who went into the hospital I've uh, visited Don three times and taken him enough pie to let him gain a little weight. And uh, Mary Lou's in Jackson, Missouri, and I visited with her. We got to have a good evening with her. Uh, got to check with Brad. Yeah. Make sure to see how Brad's doing. Uh, son-in-law. Yeah, concerned about Brad. Uh, our uh, brother-in-law, who is uh, Becky Jane's husband, who's got a found a mass in his uh, pancreas, and they're going to check that out. Uh, Carolyn's doing fine. We got to spend uh, two or four times with her and Sue. Yep. Uh, we got to go dine with her and uh, Jim at uh, Benny's and Marion. Yeah. So we got that, and I'm going to coffee again with Joey after a while, and uh, Cozy Corner. And we never mentioned Cozy Corner. I know, and that is the place in town where all the farmers and all the business people go and sit and have big country breakfasts. I'm going to give you one guess who I ran into at Cozy Corner. Guess. Uh, am I supposed to pretend I don't know? Yeah, act like, act, act. I don't know. Who was it, Joby? Well, guess. Who Who do you think oh, would surprise everybody? Oh. Who is the star of Benton, Illinois? Mm. In your eyes, probably Ron Head. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the Ron and Joe show? Uh, slightly, yes. It was really good. It was good. You guys really played off of each other really well. We had a live radio show at the Benton Holiday Inn every morning from 7 a.m. till 8.30. And it was broadcast on WFRX Radio... <laughs> And Ron would sing and be co-host, and I would interview people, and we interviewed uh, the, the travelers as they passed through town, and then we had a couple of three guests on there. We had Frank Braden and a, a Hammond organ up there provided by Bill Beatty, and Frank Braden played the organ, and uh, Joey was the announcer and the engineer. Yep. <laughs> Stephen Joe, he went live. About takes, about takes care of it. I from the holiday and I'm going to try to get him to do that today this morning. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so what about today? What do you got today? Um, just finishing up. It's supposed to start later tonight or very early in the morning. Uh, pouring down rain, and of course, only one day this week it's going to rain. It's going to be tomorrow in the morning, and so I don't want to get everything wet. So I'm going to try to get everything packed away so that when we go to bed tonight all we have to do is kind of fold it up we kind of got our packing up and uh, racking up system pretty well yeah. so that it's uh, very mm-hmm. yeah of course you got most of the work inside because we live like a couple of campers yes yes we did and then we got two puppies that are yeah and i don't want to have to smell wet puppies for four hours before we get out no uh-huh well, yes. the way Honey Bunny's acting now. Uh, we're in the process of doing a little more training. How are we coming with that? Uh, 
it comes and goes, and I guess I expect it to be really fast and good, and it's not. That's just not the way it works. Mm-hmm. You have to have patience, and I have patience for about 30 minutes, and then I want to chop their heads off. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, yeah, it'll work. It'll work. Yeah, I think you're doing a better job with yeah. Honey Bunny. I think she's more inclined to listen to you. Well, with the barking, I meant you've got one step on me. Uh, I've only heard um, Barney bark two times mm-hmm. now. Three. Once we got stepped on. Two, uh, when he was here and uh, there was a dog that he thought was threatening Randy, us. Randy brought his dog here. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that went crazy. And then uh, after that, it was uh, just another time. I forgot. I think you heard him twice. I think he's only barked twice. And yeah, we found out that times. he has a beautiful he, voice. He does. He has a uh, uh, woo-hoo-hoo-hoo yeah. bark. Oh, Not like, bark, 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 bark. <laughs> like your dog. <laughs> that high pitch does I'm not kill. <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. Well, you know. What's she looking at us now? Like, yeah, yeah, here she comes. (laughs) You know, we are uh, headed to Fun Valley in southern Colorado. And we're meeting up with Samantha and Joe G and the boys and the other friends from the uh, Mesa area at Fun Valley. For How long are we there? Uh, Too long. Yes. First, we were just going to go originally third through the sixth we're going to get there on the third come home on the sixth now we get there on the first and come home the sixth yeah what is the big occasion for the sixth well the fifth is oh the fifth uh, the, right. saying, I was thinking uh, the fifth was the fourth yeah the fifth <laughs> is uh coming home is uh, um august birthday yeah. yeah, he celebrated every birthday on his birthday uh, in Fun Valley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At Fernando's, I don't think that's the name of it. Romano's. Romano's. Romano's, and the same waiter has waited on us. That's something to say for that place, that that yeah. guy's been there all that time. Um, hope he's there this year. He'll just nod and go with it, because... Uh, well, one year we had 45 people, just camping people. Some I think we knew, some just wanted to go because they got acquainted with Augie because Augie sees no strangers. No. I mean, he'll just walk up. It was funny, we were on our way from um, Mesa to a golf tournament one time, and it was just Sam and I and the boys because we came over later. And we always stopped at a Fry's grocery store over in Yuma, and it's one of those fried grocery stores that is, I mean, like a town uh, where they have all the food and the little restaurant inside. And uh, we were busy getting groceries, and we looked, and Augie is having conversations with everyone who are having their dinner or their snacks. And um, I heard one conversation asking, says, Hi, my name is Augie, and uh, what's your name? And um, where are you going? Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, well, where are you from? And then he said, okay, see, in the next table, he's going along, and people just, because in a town like that where uh, snowbirds come, they've left their grandchildren home someplace, and so when a little boy comes up and talks to them, it just melts their heart, and they just join right in with it. 
So we're uh, going to Southern Colo- or Southern Colorado mm-hmm. and enjoy Fun Valley with Sammy and her group. You know, I'm a missing John and his group a lot. Yep. They're in Monterey, and incidentally, uh, Shark got a guy off the coast of Monterey, off the shoreline there. And uh, I don't know how he's doing. It tore his belly out. And mm, I don't won. think very well. Yeah. And uh, so the shark, uh, I believe, are moving mar- farther north because of the uh, increase in temperature in, in the world and all part of uh, global warming. Uh, any comment about Roe versus Wade or you want to no, leave just, that on the shelf for now? Um, it's just uh, like so many people that I saw were posting yesterday on Facebook. Um, it, it's it's a scary time because there is uh, a movement out there to just change all the rules that we've lived by by years, which I'm, you know, I'm not saying sometimes you need to change the rules, but uh, it's just kind of scary that, um, you know, I think, I don't know what scares me the worst, the Roe versus Wade are the gun legislation. I, I think it's the gun thing where they want to open it up to where, you know, get ready to go watch your son play football on Friday night, don't forget your gun. Mama's got a gun. Daddy's got a gun. Everybody in the whole stadium's got a gun. The officials got a gun. The officials got a gun. The unofficials got and, a gun. And who do you shoot at? Yeah. Uh huh. The guys shooting at you. Well, they are all. We don't have colors on like the football team does, so we don't know who the enemy is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that to me is just stupidity on somebody's part. You know the rank and file American. Uh, most of them have never been in a situation where you needed to draw a gun, aim a gun, and fire a gun at somebody. They say that it's done for self-protection, but there's never been a time for, I would say, 99.9% of Americans where they needed a gun. And if they think it's like the movies where you just draw a gun and fire and you're going to hit something... It's not that case at all. Yeah. Um, the craziest I, one, too, that someone told me the other day, is they said, okay, so we're going to let the teachers. That's their responsibility, not the cops. It's the teacher's responsibility. Well, I don't think we're hiring teachers because they're ace shots. Mm. You know, they can hit a bullseye in 150 feet or something. But the way they stress the laws we're going to make that they could have a gun in their classroom except they can't have their gun out it has to be under lock and key so that a child doesn't get hold of it and of course you don't put your ammunition in the same place that you put your gun so someone comes into your classroom and starts shooting you first you gotta get the key you gotta unlock you gotta get that gun you gotta get the and the whole time i think everything just must come to a halt till the teacher can get her gun get the ammunition out get it in there and then decide whether to fire or not are you going to give ellen burkhardt a gun (laughs) (laughs) no she would have shot me my english teacher she would have shot me and it wasn't my fault she's just going to shoot me because she thought my dad would never get out of her class when he went to school (laughs) so i mean you know 
she threw a yeah. book at me and hit me in the forehead, <laughs> and I was on the back row in the corner. Oh, so yeah. oh, if she, she had big. a gun, I, yeah. I wouldn't have walked out of there alive. Or, yeah. or Bonnie Wilhite. She, or yeah, she Mrs. Just, Morrison, or Mr. Shepherd. Would you give Ernie Shepherd a no, gun? No, 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 uh, no. So, that, I mean, things like that. I mean, people, I don't think, stop and think. You know? I know because... I have a gun. It's in a safe. But I haven't pulled it out in 10 years. <laughs> Maybe longer than that. I've been over in, in Mesa now. I haven't had it out since I got there. But I have it in case we go someplace and need it, I guess. But now they're going to have... Everybody's just going to have a, a gun. And how many people are going to go... You know, there's no rules about buying a gun, so you don't have to have, you know, a permit. You don't have to have any kind of training whatsoever. Um, but, you know, what if they're going to let everybody have a gun, then you know what it makes me want to do? And it's going to make a lot of people who don't have guns... It's going to make them want to get a gun so that they can protect themselves now. From other people. From other people guns. who's got guns. Who are their neighbors? Who are their, you know, relatives? I mean, it. There maybe there's no way to get around all this. It's just... I got a good scary. lesson when we were in San Diego because uh, I decided uh, to get a gun permit. And my father, having been sheriff, uh, knew the San Diego sheriff who had been in office there for 30 years. And so I was, uh, I saw him at the restaurant one day and I said to Sheriff Collender, I said, uh, uh, do you remember uh, Barney Browning in Illinois? And he said, I remember the name because uh, the sheriff over there was president of the uh, National Sheriff's Association. And I said, well, I'm his son, and uh, we talked, and we had coffee, and on a couple of three visits like that, he'd come to Tyler's Taste of Texas. Uh, one day I said, uh, I am the driver for a congressman, and, and I think maybe I may need a gun. I need to carry a gun. And he said, uh, well, you have to have sufficient reason in the state of California, and they leave that up to the sheriff. And he said uh, after the G Gabby Gifford shooting in uh, Phoenix, uh, we'll give you a gun permit, but you got to earn it. And I, and if you remember, there was three levels of government. I had to qualify in shooting with the county, then I had to qualify with the state of California. And then I had to qualify with the federal government and the qualifications required, uh, written exams for all three, and you had to pass them, and you had to study your books before you could take the exam. And then I had to shoot at a target 25 yards, 50 yards, and 75 yards. I had to, I had to go in three positions. I had to be in a sitting position, a kneeling position and a standing position and I had to hit 75% of the shots in the target before I could get the license and a couple of times I had to reshoot because 
you try you try taking a handgun and pointing it 75 yards away if you don't very finely squeeze the trigger you're not going to hit anything and in an emergency situation you're not going to squeeze the trigger i said to the uh, to the uh, instructor he said uh, if you're going to be dealing with people don't shoot anything less than a uh, 38 caliber more generally they'd like for you to have a 45 caliber which is a bigger bullet and I said uh, in an emergency situation how do you sit and squeeze a trigger he said no in an emergency situation you just pull your gun out and you fire as many rounds as you can as quickly as you can and then you reload and reload and do it again so I found out real quick that it it takes a lot just and uh, you know I was healthy I was in my 40s wasn't I mm-hmm. uh-huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> close <laughs> oh it had to deteriorate that was boring you know and I even bored myself and I was telling it mm. no so you got your gun, you got it for protection, or you got it just because you wanted a gun? Well, I've always, um, you know, my father had uh, a little pistol that someone had given him, and he just liked it because it was little. He didn't really use it. And then I guess he had a forty-five gun, but you never saw him. The only thing I ever saw him get out was his shotgun to go quail hunting. And it shoots one bullet at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, now I would imagine most hunters use an AK-47 or 35 <laughs> or a 50, whatever it is. I don't know what it no, is. And just blows the whole herd. Yeah, no. I don't know. It, it's a very touchy situation. I understand because all my um, sons and son-in-laws, you know, are, you know, fans of uh, guns mm-hmm. and and they have a lot of them and as far as I know the ones that have them that I'm well acquainted with have been through a lot of schooling and keep going through schooling um, I have a grandson who is an ace shot I mean he goes to the range and shoots all the time and he's doing it for competition uh, so I understand that it's just it's like everything else lately maybe it's my age maybe it's just the world in general that everything is just kind of foggy mm-hmm. there's no simple answer to anything it's just because I can, I can understand that but anyway it, it couldn't possibly be the mind of 80 years old would it yeah yeah that's why i said it could be my age i mean you know um the older i get the more precious life is you know so i don't know well we're not going to solve it today because it is saturday that's right the day after my favorite day of the week yeah and the day before we pull out tomorrow morning at this time we will be on the road i know it for Higginsville, Missouri. Oh, I was going to mention Salina. My father rode the rails underneath the boxcars with a friend named Duncan. 
Duncan had a uh, limp. He was uh, had had pneumonia when, or not pneumonia, but polio whenever he was a child, as my father had. But my father didn't have any uh, lasting result of, of mm. polio. And they rode the rail to Salina, Kansas, for the wheat harvest. And they got out there, and they got hired by a farmer who came by the old general store. They were the last two left because Dad wouldn't go to work on a farm unless they took Duncan, too. And nobody wanted Duncan because of his uh, limp. And uh, so this farmer said he wanted Barney, and Dad said, I'll go only if you take Duncan. And they did, and they went, and they worked all summer in the Mm. wheat harvest. Never got a penny until the end of the wheat harvest. Then they got paid and uh, at age 13 or 14, not more than 14, they crawled back on the uh, rails underneath the boxcars and rode all the way back to West City, Illinois. So I'm anxious to get to Salina. We've been there before, haven't we? Uh, Probably gone to it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember telling you that story before. And, uh, I remember it. Yeah, well. and I'm going to check with Kirby and Don and make sure the uh, details I have correct. Well, I'm sure they've added their little magic to it. Well, that's a that's a uh, editorial privilege reserved for my sisters oh. to edit me and to uh, correct me and to uh, turn tune me out. Very good. <laughs> I just did. <laughs> Speaking of tune, tuning out, it's time to uh, wrap it up and uh, get ready to move out. Yes, sir. I'm ready. Love you, baby. Love you, hon. Bye. <laughs>